All right, uh, we're going to talk today about uh, Think It. And we've been working on this series for quite some time, and this will be finally the last message in uh, this series. And so a quick review of what we talked about last week. Last week we talked about allowing God to lead. Uh, God is the greatest and most perfect leader we can have uh, in our lives. Uh, he loves us fully. Uh, he is for us. He is all-powerful. He, he knows uh, the answer to every one of our struggles, every one of our questions. And so we must let God lead. When we try to lead our lives or we look to others to lead our lives or we look to non-human objects to lead our lives, it will always, uh, as we talked about last week, send us into the snowbank, into, into the ditch. We need to allow him to lead. And there are a lot of ways we do that, but one way we do that, as we talked about last week, is we make sure that we are actioning God's word. It says in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And so Jesus talking about how we must not just hear the word, as it says in James, but we must do it. And God's word needs to be actioned. That is not enough just to take a Bible verse or a promise and, and throw it at our situation or throw it at the enemy. Uh, we actually need to live it. And we need to action it. And so we looked at a lot of different examples, but just as a review, a couple of them. For instance, Isaiah 26. Uh, God says, uh, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And, of course, we want that. We, we want perfect peace in our lives. I mean, we all want that. But in order for that to happen, this verse needs to be actioned. It's not enough just to put it on your wall or have it on your phone. It must be actioned by fixing your thoughts on God. And then you receive the promise of uh, perfect peace. Or Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And again, we want that. We want, we want all these things. We want uh, the fullness of God at work in our lives. Uh, but this is not just automatic. Again, we can't just throw this verse at our situation or throw it at the enemy and say, take that. And, and, and No, we actually need to live it. Meaning that we actually need to live this by seeking first the kingdom of God in all we do. We seek first the kingdom of God. And so we talked about uh, just the reality. A lot of times we get overwhelmed in life because we're actually not living what God says. Uh, we might be thinking it slightly. We might be uh, throwing it at situations, but we actually need to live it. We need to action it. And so today we're going to talk more about our thought life. Um, if you find yourself overwhelmed, almost certainly you're going to have some, as Abby always says, funky thinking going on. Uh, your thought life is not going to be in line with the kingdom. Uh, your thinking will be off. Your thinking will be negative or critical or gossipy or full of bitterness or unforgiveness. Often we are overwhelmed because our thinking is not in line with the kingdom. And, uh, uh, and there are a lot of things we can worry about in this life. A lot of things we can be negative about. I mean, uh, maybe today you're here with health issues or uh, financial issues or relational issues or just... Issues upon issues, whatever it might be, that might cause us to be overwhelmed. Uh, but in all that, Jesus tells us not to worry. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. 
And uh, sometimes we might think that Jesus maybe said this in, I don't know, like some sort of Disneyland bubble or something like that. Because, I mean, is this even possible <laughs> uh, not to worry about our lives? Because, again, there's so many things to worry about. But it says, don't worry about your life. And he did not say this to a bunch of people who were living nice, cushy, cozy lives. Uh, he said this to people who were fighting every day to have food on their table and fighting every day for the very clothes on their backs. In fact, he, he talks about this. He goes on. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, uh, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So again, right at the end, Jesus says to these people, uh, each day is going to have enough trouble. Again, these are people who uh, were, were uh, maybe tending to be overwhelmed. I mean, uh, life was not easy for them, and it's not always easy for us. Uh, and so, but in this, he says, don't worry. And of course, the key to this whole passage is found in this verse we've already looked at. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. And when we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God, uh, that doesn't just include doing things for God or uh, spending time in the Bible or prayer. Uh, it has also a lot to do with your thinking. Right. To seek first the kingdom of God means that your thoughts should be in line with, with the kingdom. Yeah. That you're seeking first the kingdom of God in everything uh, that, that you think. Again, as we, we say here a lot, you cannot afford to have a thought in your mind that's not what God is thinking about your situation. Or what God is thinking about you, or what God is thinking about that other person. And so we need to seek first the kingdom of God in our thoughts. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And God talks a lot about our thinking. Uh, you may think that God doesn't care about what's going on in your head. But he actually has a lot to say about how you think about yourself, how you think about others, how you think about your situation. For instance, in Colossians 3. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And so uh, he says to fix, uh, to think, to set our heart on, on where Christ is. He's at the right hand of God. And the good news is, there is a sense that we are there as well. So it says in Ephesians, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. So Christ is at the right hand of God, and where are we? There's a sense that we are at the right hand of God. 
And, and, and therefore, uh, when you hold that through life, it, it makes all the difference knowing that God hasn't lost you. Uh, you are right at the right hand of God. But then he says this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So whenever you're thinking about yourself, or you're thinking about the people around you, or you're thinking about your situation, you, you have a choice. You can set your mind on things above, or you can set your mind on earthly things. And we can look at it as a couple of doors, if you will. Uh, you run into a situation that might cause you to be overwhelmed. You have a choice. Are you going to open door number one and fix your mind and your thoughts on things above the fact that Christ is seated at the right hand of God, that you are there, that you are forgiven, that you are powerful in Jesus, that he knows everything, that he is awesome, he is amazing? Are you going to keep your thoughts there? Or are you going to open up door number two and walk through it and fix your mind on your problem and how overwhelming it is? And how uh, powerless you feel. And, and how, how much that person hurt you. And how, you know, how, how can I get that person back? I mean, we have a choice on what we set our mind on. And it says, set your mind on things above. Set your minds on things above. When that person hurts you, you set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. When you run into a situation that seems too overwhelming, you set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Uh, I mean, you can focus on God or you can focus on your problem. And the Bible says it's important that your thought life is in line with the reality of Christ at the right hand of God and you being at the right hand of God. In Philippians, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Again, that seems like a crazy verse a lot of times, right? <laughs> Uh, but the solution is here. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, this means setting your mind on Him. In every situation, it's a hard situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, you find things to be thankful for, you talk to God. This is setting your mind on Him. And the promise, of course, is the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, this is not just a cute verse, but this is a verse that needs to be actioned. Yes. Uh, if you have any hope of having a peace that surpasses your difficult situation, it's not going to automatically happen. It requires prayer and petition, thanksgiving, presenting your requests to God. This is fixing your mind on Him. And then he says this, talking about the mind. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. <clears throat> whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And again, there's this, this promise of the God of peace being with us, but it requires the right kind of thinking. It requires going through the right door, the door number one, where you set your mind on things above. So it says, this is what we're to fix our mind on. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, these are the things we fix our mind on. So anything that doesn't fit in those categories, the Bible says don't fix your mind on those things. It'll just cause you to be overwhelmed. It'll cause you to leave, lose your position of peace. 
Now Paul says in here, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And he says this right after he's talking about uh, setting your mind on, on, on things above. And there's a sense that he's living this. Because you know as Paul writes this, do not be anxious about anything and set your mind on all these awesome things. He's actually writing this in a Roman prison. He's in a prison chained to a Roman guard because uh, there were times and areas uh, where talking about Jesus was not accepted and he got thrown, in, thrown into prison. But he says this in the midst of a prison. To don't be anxious about anything. To set your mind on what's good and pure and lovely and noble, even in a prison. And of course, we see Paul living this at other times. In Acts chapter 16, for instance, uh, there was this a slave girl who was a fortune teller. And uh, this fortune teller had her powers through a demonic spirit. And Paul wanted to, to set her free, and so Paul does. And in the name of Jesus delivers this woman from, from evil spirits. And it's amazing how the name of Jesus does that. Uh, delivers people from evil spirits. And, but of course, the people who owned the slave woman started to lose money because her powers were gone. And it says her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in that situation, I think I'd be quite overwhelmed being beaten severely uh, to a pulp and then thrown into a prison in the darkest dungeon and your feet clamped to a sock. I mean, you talk about a situation where you might be anxious and freaking out and overwhelmed. You talk about a situation where your mind might be fixed on earthly things and how dare those people, I didn't do anything wrong and this is against my rights or whatever we would say in this culture. But Paul knew what to do. Paul knew how to stay out of an overwhelmed state. He knew that he, in no matter what situation, was to make sure he is fixing his mind on things above. And so what does he do? Well, it tells us in the very next verse. It says this, right after all that, it says, in the very next verse, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And this is what God is wanting us to do. That when we face those overwhelming situations for us to fix our thoughts on things above, to fix our thoughts on God's goodness, on his love, his power, his care for us, the fact that he created this universe and our problem is so small compared to everything, and he knows the answer, he knows the solution, uh, we are seated at the right hand of God, or whatever you might fix your thoughts on. It's important that we are walking, in whatever situation we are, we are walking through that door of fixing our mind on things above. Yeah. Ephesians, another verse that talks about our thinking. It says, you are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That we are to put off our old self. Uh, sometimes we want to try to care for our old self. We want to 
prop up our old self. We want to, you know, give our old self maybe a little pity party for a while. But uh, the Bible just says to put it off. Because the reality is the old you is not who you really are anymore. Uh, you're the new you. you, you have the, the true new you is found in Jesus. And we're not to, to pamper our old self, but to put it off. But how do we do that? Because, again, we all know how frustrating our old self can be when it kind of sneaks up on us. Uh, how do we put off the old self? Well, he says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. Again, this has to do with our thinking. That we need to make sure that our attitude is a new attitude, not like the old self attitude, but a new attitude like that found in, in Jesus. And so the Bible over and over and over and over again tells us to make sure that our thoughts are in line with the kingdom. To make sure that we are taking any thought that is toxic or not in line with the kingdom and we don't entertain it. We push it out of our minds so that we might stay in a state where we don't feel overwhelmed. Romans 12, again, another, another verse about thinking. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And the pattern of this world is a lot of negative thinking. Uh, studies have shown that most people actually have more negative thoughts than positive thoughts. Uh, it is easy to fall into this culture where there's a lot of gossip, where we, we, we live in a lot of ways in a shame culture. Uh, we live in a lot of ways where, where our thinking is not lying with kingdom. But how do we not conform to the pattern of this world? It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. So much of your life and your actions, it comes through, through your thinking. So again here, he is saying that we need to have renewed thinking. Again, we have a choice. We have a choice between door number one and door number two. And uh, you might even want to think about your situation today. A situation that might be causing you to be overwhelmed. Or stressed or uh, feeling anxious today. Uh, where is your mind when it comes to your situation? Is it on the goodness and the power and, and the abilities of God and who you are in Him? Or is it on how miserable your situation is and how, how powerless you feel? We have an option, door number one or door number two. And to get our thinking right is really, really important. Because one, we've seen the Bible talks a lot about good thinking. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about the effects of good thinking. But do you know science as well? As we talk about a lot here, how the science actually is you know, finally catching up to the Bible in many ways. Uh, the science is now showing the importance of uh, thinking, good thinking. And if you haven't heard uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I highly suggest you find her. Uh, it's easy to find her on YouTube. and She's got a couple books. But she is a cognitive neuroscientist. And uh, she talks a lot about the power of thinking. And she's a Christian, by the way. But here's some of the things that she says about our thought life. When we make a poor quality thinking decision, i.e. a toxic thought, such as unforgiveness, bitterness, or irritation, we change the DNA and subsequent genetic expression affecting the shape of the wiring in our brain in a negative direction. This immediately puts the brain into protect mode and the brain translates these poor quality toxic thoughts as stress. This stress will then manifest itself in our bodies. It is our mind and body's response to toxic thinking. And even a little bit of stress from a little bit of toxic thinking has far-reaching consequences for mental and physical health. There is much 
much research proving this. Uh, every thought changes and is shaping our DNA. We have countless variations of genes that can switch on or off depending on our thoughts and lifestyle. Toxic thoughts switch off DNA codes that lead to healing and turn on genes you have that may be predisposed to disease or illness. In other words, whether you're thinking good or you're thinking toxically, it switches off and on DNAs to whether you're going to get sick or not. A positive thought switch on genes that heal and that override any bad genes. Our genetic makeup is fluctuating by the minute based on what we are thinking and choosing. Uh, that your thinking really, really does affect what's going on in your body. In fact, I'm going to show a quick uh, clip here of Dr. Caroline Leaf talking about some of the effects of negative thinking. Is it lying up there, Robin? Maybe something else happened to the board. It's all good. We'll just keep going. Anyways, uh, she talks about percentages of how often we get sick uh, because of toxic thinking. And uh, she, uh, she concluded, and there's a lot of research on her website, that the 75% plus of our uh, health issues have actually a lot of trace back to our thinking because of our negative thinking affects our DNA. And it's kind of what uh, God is saying here in Romans 8. He says, those that live in according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And again, uh, we want this. Uh, we want life and we want peace. But it means uh, that our mind needs to be governed by the spirit. That our, our thinking needs to be in line with who God is. And I think they were waving at me saying the, the clip would work, so we'll try it again. If not, then we'll keep cruising on. Okay. It's all good with me. All right. How to change your thinking. Uh, first thing is, you want to be confident that you can actually change your thinking. Because a lot of times we will make excuses and say, well, this is just the way I am. You know, my dad was like this, my mom was like this, and uh, this is just the way I am. I'm just kind of a negative person, or I always, you know, I'm just critical about others, and I'm just a gossip, you know, that's who I am, or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, I just like to get revenge, you know, that's who I am. Uh, but the reality is, you can actually change your thinking. Now, you might have a little bit more work to do if you grew up in a family that was very negative, uh, but the reality is, you can change your thinking. First of all, the Bible says so. Uh, God would not command all these verses about setting your mind on things above, seeking first the kingdom, making sure your heart is right. He wouldn't have all these verses if you couldn't do it. And by the power of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in you, you can actually change your thinking. But not only does the Bible say this, but science also tells us that we can change our thinking. Uh, we can look at a couple fancy words. You might have to click back on the screen there, Julie, on the computer. Maybe everything's dying back there, I don't know. All right. Uh, neuroplasticity says this. We can literally change our brains through our thoughts and choices. We can physically create new neural pathways and destroy old ones. 
We can wire out toxic beliefs, experiences, and thinking patterns, and wire in truths, good habits, and outstanding thinking patterns, or the uh, idea of neurogenesis, meaning, uh, this means the creation of new brain cells. Each morning, we have new brain cells that are waiting to be programmed to do whatever we are thinking about. Do you realize that? I mean, there's this myth out there when you get old, you don't make any new brain cells, but uh, they're finding that you still do. That every morning, there are new brain cells that are forming in your head, and they're just saying, program me. Program me, yeah. That's what uh, Caroline, I know you've been doing her 20-way detox thing, yeah. Uh, new mercies every morning. And these new brain cells are waiting to be programmed. And so every day you have a choice. And how are you going to program these new brain cells? Are you going to program them through negativity and unkingdom thinking? Because once they're programmed, they're kind of there for a little while until you push them out. Or are you going to program these new brain cells to have uh, kingdom thinking? And so every morning you have these new brain cells. And, and depending on how your thought life is going, whether you're always focused on the negative and how people are against you and how horrible my marriage is and, and how horrible everything else is in my life and if I was just this other person then things would be happy. All these brain cells get programmed and the more brain cells you get programmed negatively, you just naturally will become a negative person. And you've all met these and maybe you are one. Um, and I, I mean definitely at one time in my little life I used to be a lot more negative. But you just maybe always look at things negatively. You always are critical about everything. This is because you're programming your brain to think that way. Uh, we can look at it like a couple of, uh, couple of paths. Uh, in your brain, uh, you have nice, nice roads that are easy to go down, and then you have trails that are a little more difficult. Uh, whatever you think about most becomes just an easy trail. And so if you like talking negatively about others, this will just become a nice smooth trail in your brain. And so immediately you just think that way. But to have a good thought about others might be a little bit of a struggle because all these little new brain cells have been programmed to think non-kingdomly. But over time, you can change this. If you do what the Bible says, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and to begin programming these new brain cells towards, and all of a sudden you will find yourself becoming a more positive person. You'll find yourself responding to situations in a kingdom way. Uh, you will find yourself uh, feeling a lot more peace because you're fixing your mind on, on things above. One more quote from uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf talking about this. She says, thoughts have substance. Thoughts occupy mental real estate. Your thoughts produce proteins, the, building, uh, the body's building blocks, which form real structures that change the landscape of your brain. The thoughts we think grow branches on nerve cells in the brain. And so thoughts are not just like little poofy objects. Your thoughts actually grow little nerves, cells, and she uh, uses a picture of a green tree or a dead tree. Depending on your thought life, you can be growing a nice green tree or you can be growing a dead tree in your mind. Uh, these nerve cells, which look like trees, uh, science, scientists have therefore called these nerve cells the magic trees of the mind because they look like a forest of trees under the microscope. Our thoughts shape these trees. Our thoughts therefore determine what our brain becomes. Our quality of life depends on what our brain has become. This knowledge gives us a whole new perspective on the statement, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. And so your thoughts are super powerful. 
And so if you are going around and always speaking down about yourself, you are actually programming cells and creating dead trees in your mind. If you're constantly going around and you're just critical and always pointing out everybody's faults, I mean, you're growing these dead trees, and the more you grow those dead trees, the more you just tend to think that way. And so it's really important, based on science, and more importantly, uh, today, uh, based on God's teaching, that you really, really watch your thoughts. And so you can change your thoughts. Uh, you can change your thinking. And secondly, to change your thinking, <coughs> It's important that we ask the Father to reveal non-kingdom or toxic thinking patterns. Because in reality, a lot of people uh, just act out of their sort of subconsciousness. They actually don't even know what they're doing. It's just kind of automatically programmed. Because if you program these dead trees or these living trees, you sometimes just automatically re react negatively towards people. Whenever a situation comes, you automatically uh, see what's wrong with the situation rather than what's good of the situation. Uh, you, you run into something, uh, and, and it's just... It's just, it's just negative thinking. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the past path of everlasting life. And sometimes you just need to sit back and say, God, do I have any toxic thinking in me? God, is there anything in me that, in my, in my mind, in my thinking, in my daily life, that is not in line with your, your kingdom? And some of those things might be this. Uh, some of those things might be criticism. Uh, whatever situation you see or a person, you, you just automatically look for something to criticize. Uh, you, you don't point out the good. Uh, because everybody's messy, you always find the, the messiest stuff and the worst stuff, and you, you, just, you just have a critical spirit. Or you're always comparing. Because not, you need to feel good by being better than others, and so you're constantly comparing, you know, I'm so much better than that person, or, you know, I need to, this person's better than me. Uh, it might be worry and fear. Uh, it might be bitterness and unforgiveness. It might be anger and control, because you can only feel good about yourself when you're in control of everything around you. And so you have lots of thoughts of control and putting people in their place. It may be an orphan spirit that you don't realize how forgiven you really are. That you don't realize how loved you really are. And so you come, constantly walk around and, and complain about yourself and, you know, I'm an idiot or whatever it might be or nobody loves me, nobody cares for me. These kind of things sometimes just go on autopilot in our lives. And so we need to sit back and say, God, is there any toxic thinking in my mind? God, is there any way in me, my thinking patterns, the way I look at my situations, the way I look at others, the way I look at myself that's not in line with you? And that may come as, as a whisper, it may come as a word, it may come as an image or a, a movie of, of maybe something that you've done in your past. But to, to highlight something in your life that you want to change your thinking on. And then number three, you want to ask the Father what truth or mindset he wants uh, he wants you to build into your thinking. Uh, God, what truth or mindset do you want to build into my thinking? What, what do you want to replace that negativity with or that unforgiveness with? or What, are, what do you want to build into me? What mindset? And, and you can go before God and, and ask him that. Now, this is not going to happen immediately. It takes, uh, according to Dr. Caroline Leaf, 21 days to get new thinking into your long-term memory. And this is why a lot of times when we come here on Sunday or I listen to podcasts or you read a book uh, and nothing changes. I mean, we're living in this culture where we, 
We have this thing, we think information equals transformation. It doesn't. Now you can listen to a million sermons all day long and not be changed a bit. You need to take what you learn and you need to implement it and begin programming all your little new brain cells to think that way. And so it takes 21 days to get new thinking into your long-term memory and 63 days for new thinking to become actually a habit. And so this is why you don't just want to start, like, I'm going to change everything in my life. Where you pick one thing and you just begin to work on that thing every single day for, for 21 days. And uh, hopefully you can work it up to 63 days. And this will actually become a habit in your life. And this is partly what Caroline Leaf's 20-day uh, detox uh, thinking thing is about. Number four, you want to build your new thinking through memorization and meditation. The Bible says we're to fix our mind on things above. Uh, the Bible says that we are to saturate our thinking in the things of the kingdom. Now, to do that, we need to have the right thing to think on. And thankfully, God has given us an awesome book called the Bible, which we can do that with. In Joshua 1, it says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Again, we talked about this last week. That, that I mean, we all want to be prosperous and successful. Even if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you want to be prosperous and successful. But this is not just a nice Bible verse. It needs to be actioned. Right. Meaning we need to meditate on God's word day and night and get it into our thinking. And the only way you can do that, unless you're going to carry a Bible around with you the whole day and read the verse over and over, is to memorize that verse that you need to get into your thinking. And we kind of have a, a lost art of memorizing things these days uh, because we can just go to our phones and look it up. But if you want to learn to meditate and ponder and, and allow your man, mind to be saturated, you need to take some time to memorize Bible verses. So again, you're struggling with something in your life. You find a Bible verse that matches how you want it to live into. You memorize it. And you meditate on it, and you let that soak in your mind for 21 to 63 days, and it'll actually become a habit. You will start living that way. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, 2 is missing, 10.5, uh, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You don't want to entertain non-kingdom thinking. And sometimes we always have a little pity party with ourselves and enjoy that negative thinking. But you don't want to do that because you're, you're wiring your brain. You're changing your brain that way. You just want to quickly get it out of your mind and focus on that promise or whatever Bible verse you've chosen. So again, uh, it's important that you take some time to uh, memorize Scripture. I'm not sure if the... Uh, oh, we're just going to pass it. I'll just talk about it. Anyways, there is an app. I was actually going to show a commercial for the first time ever. Uh, but it's called Scripture Typer, and I know some of us here use it. Uh, it's called Scripture, Scripture Typer. It's in your sermon notes if you need it. But it's a brilliant app to help you memorize verses. Uh, it's super simple. It's super laid out. It takes you through the steps. Um, uh, but, uh, again, find those verses that match up with how you want to live. You can stick them in there, get them memorized, and you just begin to live those verses. And anything comes into your mind that doesn't line up with God's truth, you're going to take that thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, and go back to, back to that, that truth. And so, uh, just to finish up, uh, you may want to take this idea 
of finding those verses that you want to live into, finding those verses that you say, I really need to work on this, and uh, just be begin working on them and memorizing them and living into them. And eventually you might even want to make a list. And, and I have a list of these verses. I call them living truths. These are verses that govern my life. Uh, some people call this, this principled living. In other words, whenever you, you face a situation, you don't base your decision on your, your feelings. You don't base it on you know, what your neighbor says. You base it on these, these truths. That what governs your life is not your feelings, but these truths. And uh, here, here's just some of the ones I have in my life. Ephesians 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So in one of my, I begin to think really negatively about somebody or I begin to talk about somebody in a way that's not helpful for them, I want to quickly take that captive and live into this verse. But in order to get this into your thinking, guess what? You're going to need to memorize it so you can meditate on it. And so the moment you begin to, to think negatively about somebody or you begin to say something to somebody that's not wholesome, uh, you can immediately quote this verse, get it into your thinking, and keep your mind programmed in the right way. Uh, you can take a verse like 2 Timothy 1, another one in my list. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So if I begin to feel fear, if I begin to feel timidity, which sometimes I struggle with still, uh, when I begin to feel powerless or unloved, I can go back to this truth. Because my life is not based on how I feel, it's based on the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And so you've got to get this into your thinking, though. It's not just enough to have it on the wall of our church and walk by it. You actually need to memorize it and get into your thinking and mull it over, and so this actually becomes a part of your thinking and your living. Or Ephesians 1, Jesus Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So if I start to think that I'm not blessed, if I start to think that life is miserable, that's not what determines how my thinking. This verse determines my thinking. Yeah. Right. Now you just go back to it. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, and that's the way you want to think. Because it's a living truth, it's a, a verse that governs my life. Or John 10. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Yes. That God is good. That God is for us and not against us. That's a fundamental truth of mine. I don't think God is there to make our life miserable and hard and horrible and stinky. That he actually came to, to give us life abundantly in the future, yes, but also here now. It's one of the verses that govern my life. So if I start to have toxic thinking that says God made a mistake or somehow God is out to get me or, you know, you know God it must not be good. Uh, no, I go back to a verse that governs my life because I know this is true. But in order to live this way, you have to have that in your thinking. You need to program your brain to think that way, which means you probably got to memorize it and meditate on it. Or we use First John 4, 4. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Yeah. You start to feel that demonic oppression. You begin to feel the pressures of people around you at work or financially. You can let that overwhelm you. That can become very overwhelming. Or you can get this verse in your thinking, knowing that the Holy Spirit in you is greater than anything you can face in this world. Yeah. And you let that determine your thinking. Or 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is easy in our culture to, to give complaints in all circumstances. Oh, yeah. To find faults in, in every single person around you because we're all messy. That's super easy. Anybody can do that. 
but that messes with your brain. That causes you to be overwhelmed. It makes you unhealthy. But you do want to find things you can be thankful in every situation. And this should be one of those living verses. And again, to live into all these verses, and we could keep going on, but I think we're going to finish. Um, to live into these, you've got to get your brain programmed. And so I'd encourage you to take those sermon notes home, maybe spend some time this week and say, what is the most toxic thinking pattern in my life? Because we all have lots. <laughs> what is the most toxic one? We're going to start there. Feel God speak to you. Or maybe you already know what it is. And then you want to go find a truth of God's word that says this is actually how I want to live. This is kingdom thinking in this way. Uh, maybe you struggle with unforgiveness and you go to that verse where it says forgive just as Christ has forgiven you. And you memorize that and you let it saturate your thinking. You let that govern your life rather than your bitterness. And you begin to memorize that and meditate on it and you just think through it. And whenever a thought comes that is opposite to that Bible verse, you take it captive, make it obedient to Christ, and you walk in the way you know. And your brain just gets reprogrammed. But again, it's not just one thing that's going to happen in a day, or two days, or three days, but it will happen 21 to 63 days. And uh, just imagine if we all did this. Just imagine if all of us here just took one toxic thinking pattern and began to meditate and change yourself. This is, be, this is an amazing place already. I'm so privileged to be here. You guys are awesome. But we could be awesomer. You know, right? We could be awesomer. Uh, if you want some help, there actually is a um, an kind of an insert paper thingy out in the foyer called Scriptures to Etch into Your Thinking. And a lot of these ones here are on there. They're also in your sermon notes, but it may help you. Also, the app Scripture Typer has like the top 100 verses and a lot of those awesome verses that are in there as well. So uh, that's the end of our Overwhelmed series. Next week, we're going to jump into a new series. And we've been doing a lot of talks over the last, through the fall and through Christmas, dealing with heart issues, uh, dealing with issues of uh, emotions and those kind of things. Uh, but Jesus said we're to love God with our, all our heart, soul, and mind. And so we're going to do a four-week series that focuses more on the mind. And so for those who are thinkers, this will be more for you. Those who are feelers, you're going to like, eh, you just, you just love the worship and then check out. But that's okay. Uh, we're going to do a series called Across the Spectrum. And we're going to take four controversial topics. And we're going to look at the different ways Christians think about those things. Because sometimes we think that all Christians think the same. Um, you haven't been around Christians if you think that way. Uh, a lot of Christians think differently about those things. So we're going to look at the, the idea of creation how different Christians look at creation. We're going to look at Old Testament violence, how different ways Christians look at that. Uh, we're going to look at hell. And then uh, finally, we're going to look at something, but I don't remember what it is, but it's going to be really cool. <laughs> oh, the end of the world. We're going to talk about different ways that Christians look at the end of the world. That's what it is. Hey, uh, invite the worship team up. And uh, let's stand together as we pray. Father, we thank you that you care about our thought life. And Father, we as your people want to be people who seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And God, we know that begins in our thought life. So God, right now we ask for newness over our minds. God, right now we pray that you begin to heal those toxic patterns and those toxic ways of thinking.
God, you heal bitterness and unforgiveness and the need to control. God, we, we ask you to begin to heal the negative voice where we just always want to be critical and finding faults with everyone around us. God, we pray for newness and freshness. We pray for the word of God to be living and active in our minds. God, I pray that you would just do a powerful work in our thinking. God, that we would take your word and we would memorize it and we would just allow our minds to be saturated in those ways that we want to live. God, that we give no uh, opportunity for the enemy to, to speak lies and, to, and for us to hold to those lies, that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to you. So God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this church and in this place and in our thinking. In Jesus' name.